a podcast called Strangest Fruit. All right, Strangest Fruit Podcast, we're back. Um, we, got a, we, got, we got a heavy hitter in the building today. Um, <laughs> but uh, it is, um, you know, as I was thinking, it's a testament to the fact of, like, uh, change is possible, recovery is possible, because um, he represents a part of the system that we went through. Um, and at the end of the day, having gone through it, him having gone through it, um, we've arrived at the same place. Like, we're, we're united behind the same ideas. And I don't know, to me, that's a great concept right there. But um, Dr. Rafael Ventura, welcome. Welcome to our home. Thanks. Thanks yeah. for having us. So um, <laughs> share, share, share with uh, everybody. Let them know, um, yeah, what exactly you do, your responsibilities, your passions, your background. My background. Let's 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 start from the beginning. Okay. All right. Um, hey, so, rewind. Hey, rewind, Dante. <laughs> hey, rewind. <laughs> um, so, I, I will say, yeah, I am a probation officer. Um, but before becoming a probation officer, I was just a, a regular dude. You know, um, system impacted myself. Okay. Um, from I lost my dad at two. Uh, he was in the system, um, came out of the system, had done something in the system that got him uh, in trouble. And, so and he rolled with a tail and something? No, no. He, I mean, I say he got in the, the, the worst kind of trouble with mm. somebody that he had a beef with in there, okay. and, and I didn't have a father after I was two. Wow. Um, so the system impacted in that respect. Um, flash forward to, you know, my childhood. Um, had a good mom. <laughs> good mom. Uh, got me involved in a lot of different things. Um, but I, was, I always gravitated towards shenanigans. Um, oh, what, 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 what city was this in? Where was this? Because uh, you hear the way he talked, you know, had a lot of good things, <laughs> <laughs> some wangs. <laughs> um, th those things come from different places. Uh, I, What's uh, home? What, do, what, what would so, you? So I grew up in the city of Commerce, okay, uh, Los Angeles, but um, you know, all through high school, uh, post high school, um, I lived. Uh, in a lot of different places. I say it this way, I, I lived wherever she lived. Mm. Um, okay. and, and living wherever she lived meant that I lived in a lot of different places. <laughs> um, so I picked up a lot of different slang. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Commerce, and, you know, Telegraph <laughs> Road. Yeah. <laughs> That'll get you no, I mean, I, I literally lived anywhere from Orange County to, to uh, uh, up in the AV area, and does over, that come to define your character over, a little? Like, I used to be around, like, a large, different groups of people, too. Yeah, I think it does. I mean, it, it, it allows you to understand people, right? Different people on different levels. Um, you can tell Brian been around the brothers. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, that's your brother, right? Yeah. yeah. He can play basketball better than me. Ain't that some shit? Yeah. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> ain't, ain't that some shit? I, uh... At some point, um... Decided I wanted to graduate from high school. And oddly enough, uh, stopped hanging out with certain people and, and started... I needed credits. This is crazy. I needed credits to graduate, and I needed electives, and there was this class. There was this program that you could take all the, like after school. Yeah. Uh, it was like an ROP program, um, and everything I wanted to take was full. The only damn class that was available was law enforcement security. <laughs> damn, that was, that was destiny. <laughs> yeah. and, and, some doors for you. <laughs> and, and I didn't want to do it. I was like, oh, no, I don't, I'm good. I don't want to do anything like that. And they were like, well, you need the credits. Do you want to do it or not? Uh, I said, I said sink or swim. I'll do it. That's I, the year I went. They were like law enforcement. I was like, fuck that. <laughs> oh, God, it, ended really? bad. it ended up bad. So, so I did. I went into it. Uh, I sat in the back. I talked shit. I was like just the worst student you could be in this class. And these cops, there was... Uh, one retired cop and three active duty police officers teaching the class. What was it like? Just their experience as officers, or like what yeah, was it was their... it was teaching. It was, they they frame it like a um, like a police academy. I ain't never heard of no shit like that. So, but really, everybody was a vocational pathway too because they were we were tied to the mall oh, okay. or different places that they had these contracts where we would go in and do loss prevention. Security. My bad. I'm over here talking about, oh, I ain't never heard of this. Duh, you were in jail when you graduated yeah. high school. So, yeah. yeah, that took that away from me. My bad. <laughs> I'm like, mom, I never heard of this. Yeah. Well, um, I'll say I was in continuation school at that time. Okay. Uh, trying to make also make up credits because I had done a lot of dumb shit. How many did you need? Because I remember I had like 26. I was chasing for so many years. I just couldn't get it done. <laughs> 26. I think yeah, I had. Yeah. I think I had 26 my senior year. Yeah. <laughs> I so, mean, I wasn't like devoted to school by any means. Like you know what I mean? God damn. Yeah. Well, so I mean, I, we we have a lot in common. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, I I uh, I ended up these these cops. No matter what I said to them, however I dished it out at them, they always hit me back with shit. Like I would say things, they would hit me back with it. And then everybody'd laugh, and and so we ended up having this kind of relationship. And then I got like kind of this, like I, I think I want to do this kind of uh, cop stuff. Mm. Um, and I started doing all these ride-alongs and hanging out, going to lunch with them, and doing all these things. <laughs> yeah, I just <laughs> it, it, it was it was weird because I wasn't anything in my mind when I was younger. You know, it was just that one year that I really spent with them. You know, I don't want to. I'm not trying to to age or none, but like what year are we talking about like that you were right around? I graduated 89, so um, I was doing dumb shit from 84 to right around 88, four, about But four. 88 is when you were doing like the, um, that class and doing the right arounds? 88, oh, 89. Because, okay, because no, because that was, that was a busy time in LA. Yeah, it was definitely. You know? The, the early nineties, like the whole yeah, early 90s yeah. thing, yeah, it was it was pretty active. Yeah, um, and you decided to be in law enforcement, and I decided to be in law enforcement. But was, it, was your dad? Oh, was on. it your dad that is like part hold, of that that inspired on. you? Uh, no, my dad didn't really have anything to do with 
with anything. I Why think he's trying to throw the police on his dad like that. Like no, like no, like but him <laughs> like, seeking, you know, you know, something motivated you, like no, a passion no, to obviously no. jump in. It was it was just the relationships that I built with those guys okay. at that time. Yeah, that makes but, sense. But that's not the story, man. That's not at all. I, I said I was system impacted on on a lot of levels, mm -hmm. right? So, um, flash forward, graduated from high school, working career, getting ready to te uh, interview for for LAPD, um, and my cousin is killed. He's killed in Atlanta. Never did any kind of dirt or anything. Never got any dirt in his fingernail like he walked the straightest edge ever went to the like a fancy private school but we sent him to Morehouse College to to go check out some program out there and he was killed uh, on a college tour st st street violence um, I never made my interview because it was like on the same day that I was supposed to interview um, so that kind of changed the trajectory of things and uh, now I'm working uh, I'm getting screwed over at work um, and now I'm stealing shit what job is it from, from them I worked for circuit for circuit city <laughs> I mean I work for circuit city now here, here's what like I know stealing like what like we talking about like a lot screen. a lot of no, stuff circuit city do they, are they even around still no, I haven't seen one they said I think the last one was in company they turned that into something else like yeah they're not a, around at all but Here's what I do know. Um, I was getting targeted because they messed up on a transfer that I did. They wanted me to lower my salary, and they wanted me to sign off on some paper, and I refused to do it. And the store manager was pissed off because I wouldn't sign the paper, and I was messing with his budget, and his budget was tied to his bonuses. And so I was messing with his money. So what he did is he made everybody part-time so you were the so nancy pelosi of circuit city <laughs> 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 so this wonderful white moment so he, what, he did, <laughs> what he did is he created a hostile work environment for me because everybody's pissed off because they were working full-time and now they're part-time yeah and i had the least amount of hours but he, he was just trying to bring his budget down but this is against the law this is hey you're this, holding all the cards this is illegal, <laughs> right um so what I should have done is file a lawsuit, right? And I probably would have done better. But what I did was I stole a bunch of shit because I just bought a car. I had to pay my rent. Uh, you know. What are we talking, like 10 flat screens? No, it was oh. this, this is when cell phones were coming out. And oh, okay, okay. It was a lot of cell phones, and I can get rid of car stereo. It was pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, the good old days. So... <laughs> So, I, you know, I got busted, and, um, you know, that, that it was an embezzlement charge. Um, it was uh, reduced. It was a first offense wobbler. They made grand theft, and they made it a first offense misdemeanor. Mm. So, which was f great, right? Better than... The embezzlement it definitely charge. what it could have been. Yeah. So um, did you like get locked up, locked up for the time being? Not, not at first. I mean, in, 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 back then, you get busted and you come out and you can't get a job. Right. You, you can't back then. Now this is different now, right? It's the, the society's more forgiving, but 
back then you weren't going to get a job anywhere and i had a hard time mm-hmm. finding work yeah so. if you did have something um not even too far back like even kind of the most recent like if you had any kind of before like band the box and all that stuff you had any kind of like blemish on your record but now the checks i think are only go seven years back yeah because i recently went through a live scan and, and it only went seven years back yeah that, that, thankfully that's that's good Th- yeah things are better now yeah. still not perfect but better um but i went back to the judge um because i couldn't pay it was my last day that i could do a uh, an extension yeah um and uh <laughs> i thought it was going to be good it was a latino judge <laughs> and, <You> thought. <laughs> that's what i thought um it was a latino judge and the guy before me was there on a dui uh charge mm-hmm. so the guy before me is a white guy goes up front of the judge judge says you're here on an open container and, and you didn't pass your field sobriety test they go through the whole spiel how do you explain yourself the guy says well you know i'm in construction i've been doing hard labor all my life and you know if i did the field sobriety test right here in front of you your honor i wouldn't pass it what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and the judge goes oh yeah that may well what about the open containers he says well your honor he says I have these Mexicans that work for me, and they like to have a couple drinks after work. So I think I drove the truck that they were driving that was, that, in that morning. That was good. I ain't gonna let him know. If you looking for a way to get off, man, yeah. he, he yeah. sure did that. Yeah. Yeah. Blame it on the Mexicans. Yeah. The judge bought it because he said case wow. dismissed. See? <laughs> he said case dismissed and let that guy go. And so when I stepped up to him and I said, Your Honor, I haven't been able to get a job. I'm willing to do community service. Anything I need to do, I'm just, you know, I'm here, you know, trying to figure something out. Is anything I do? He says, you don't have the money? I said, no. He said, nine months county jail. Wow. What, what, court, what court is this? This was in West Covina. Oh, okay. Nine months, nine county, months jail? county jail. I did four and a half months at Wayside. Yeah. Did a couple weeks up in in the old county jail. Um, and that then smell, I went, huh? You still smell it <laughs> to this day. I bet you it do it do something up in there. Have you smelled the L.A. County jail? Not recently. Old old county. You should go sometime. Man, <laughs> I'm talking about big old just rats and all. Ugh. Yeah, you. Just, Hell no. You so how that? do you go from uh, this in the jail and all that to... So, you know... It seems I, like, a, it's like I, yeah. a long road to a probation. So I actually started working in the bar business for a long time. Uh, after uh, yeah, getting out? Yeah, after getting time. out and, and... You became a bartender? A bartender, bar manager... <laughs> Can you still... Promoter, manage bands. The <laughs> Did a lot of different things. <laughs> you would have never uh, thought. Like, uh, uh, this is what we yeah, literally yeah, trying like, to do with this podcast. Like, yeah, yeah like yeah. even been to the slammer. Yeah, management. What's next? We're on like your eighth life right now with the with the bartender. Right no, now. we yeah. are. Yeah, I've, I've had a lot. That's, um, that's, that's dope. Though. And uh, so I, I went back to school at some point and uh, started working around social service, social and human services, substance abuse places, homeless services, you know, all these different providers tar- target that specific need, but with all of them are people that have system impacted, right? Mm-hmm. All, all of them. 
Every one of them. That's like the common thread amongst housing. Mm. You know, every one of them. So that I ended up kind of gravitating towards that area, and I got my bachelor's degree, and then I did my master's degree, and then um, at, at, at how many years some point, is that in total? At some point, and I got a job, and they, and guess where I went to go work? Where? At Wayside South, where I, I know. where where I were they tripping to, off backgrounds? Then they just like I, I was where I was coming in as a community organi- uh, organization. How many years after the time that you were actually doing time there from the moment that you came back? Probably around ten. 12, 10, 11, some, somewhere around there. Okay. Um, yeah. It's, so I was teaching. I was doing life skills, parenting. Uh, Damn. A lot of different things. And then, and then Five Keys Charter School was there. I actually applied to work for them. They actually hired me. Um, and then the day they hired me, probation called me mm. and offered me a position. And I was like, I decided to go with the probation. And this is juvenile probation? Uh, juvenile, yeah. yeah. And these are kids like um, coming out of camp, um, coming out of YA? No, that's before camp. So, before yeah, you got, you got your predisposition youth. They're fighting their cases. And you got your kids that are uh, sentenced or adjudicated. Yeah. Um, and now they're in a camp, um, or they get placed on field, you know, community supervision. Okay. So is Camp Mendenhall still open? Mendenhall no, months? No, it it isn't. I worked there. Hey, I was there. I like. I mean, I was incarcerated, <laughs> and I was a knucklehead, but I had a great time there. Like, I, I had good experiences there. The, you know, I think the was it a boot camp? There was a boot camp when I was there. So yeah, the, I, I was think a the boot camps were great, but. You know, our community advocates don't think that boot camps are good places. It's abusive. They were great for us. Like, they show you structure and all. And even if there was some kind of connection to, um, like, the armed forces somehow, like, just some considerations, like, some avenues. Because a lot of the kids that I talk to are talking about, like, the armed forces or considering Marines or for whatever reason. But it would make sense. But at the end of the day, boot camp was good for me. Yeah. For sure. I've met a lot of guys that have went through Mons or Mendenhall. I couldn't even make it. Through the boot camp it was they process. They didn't give me no chance. Yeah. They was like, nope, they, you're they, not. They feel the same way. But, <laughs> but it's not for everybody, right? Um, so that, no. that, that's where we're at today, right? Right now we're trying to right-size everything, right, for everybody. Okay. Um, t- by today, uh, we explain... Uh, where you're at today, like your position, because so, you know so you've r- right, stepped up from. So right now I'm uh, uh, the program and service coordinator uh, for a new program um, that is focused on uh, youth-centered thinking, you know, uh, restorative practices um, or transformative practices um so trying to find the right fit for everybody to to help them evolve their own through their own processes right it's it's getting them to drive the car right now is what we're trying to we're trying to create a program that and you're talking about the youth right the youth yeah and are, is, 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 
specific. Is it Silmar Juvenile Hall or is it other facilities? Um, it's it's so I can't really talk about specific right, yeah. places. Okay. All right. Not even no facilities. I, I have to I have to talk in general. Okay. I, I did talk about men's and men in hall, but it's retired. It's, yeah. It's retired. It's no okay. Yeah. Um especially right now with with the fact that we had a Yeah. Just a, let's say as far as you take take them back to well the juvenile the old the old well, yeah, I'm thinking like the juvenile system, system in general because um, we're both products of it. I went to the juvenile system in 93, um, 94, got tried as an adult. There was no compound at the time. It was only, they had barely broken ground. I went to HRO, which was like to the left, like L&M or something. Is that still there? JK and all that? Yeah. Um, I've been to all of them. G H A B C D. We cannot speak on Area Fifty One and yeah. designation. Or but in general, um, there. you know. And then I went to East Lake. I, you know, I went to the juvenile halls. But um, I often try to think back now, what would have made it um, like a better experience where I could have like begin my growth, begin my healing, but also obviously taking responsibility, um, which I definitely wasn't doing at the time. But like get a hands on, like a early, because um, the sad. Um, reality is out of like 98 of us facing life I think like 95 people all got life sentences back then I don't know what the numbers are now but um, none yeah like something for <laughs> the none. for the child like so for, first of all the the, the new legislation um, basically the, the, the way that they've changed this legislation is that we can keep these guys up until 25, right? The juvenile life would be seven years. Um, by the time they're done fighting their case, we're talking about probably another four or five years. Yeah. Um, so thinking about it in that sense, you have that, that period of time where the sociolo uh, sociology books will say that people will age out of criminality, right? Um, so thinking about it in that sense. Um, do you believe this to be true? I, I do. Especially if they are not sent to prison in an environment where criminality flourishes. I, I, like if they're kept, like how you said. Yeah, so I mean, it, what, to, to answer your question, um, you, you know, I, I, did, I did surveys with the guys. Um, I gave them a whole parameter of, a whole list of laundry list of things to tell me what they think is the most the most therapeutic environment. Um, I put dumb things on there like shoes and food and you know uh, more freedom around the facility. Um, just a whole bunch of different things. You're giving them a chance to gauge where. Yeah, where where what is a rehabilitative environment look like to you because you're asking me the question and yeah. the truth the truth is you have probably a better idea what that looks like for you yeah but you're not you know De Dante is not you and what that looks like for De Dante might be something different true right true. so you know trying to get the broadest idea of what 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 they what they say and what they say is caring staff hmm. and safety those are the top two that they checked. That's crazy. That's a loud message right there. And these are supposed to be 
criminals, thugs, you know, <laughs> hardened. It just, I mean, that's they, a child asking for um, safety, for comfort. And it goes with the whole Maslow a home hierarchy of needs, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, so th there's a lot of sociological ideas that that are in play here right now. Uh, we just need to continue to adopt them, you know, to keep advancing, you know, with the, the healing, you know, the victim healing. You know? I love that, that healing dialogue. Um, like Javier starring, to yeah. me, he's up there like with um, Cesar Chavez and MLK, like Javier starring has been like 35 years, like in the prisons, like working hard with people, even back when it wasn't cool, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, we've done some amazing uh, group work with him and his team and some of our guys. Um, and then we've had uh, uh, some other uh, activities come in. We had a, a guy come in. This is through ARC, though. Um, but this Scotty. guy, this guy, yeah, this guy came in. These two guys came in, um, and they're talking about their whole experience about, um, you know, he's, that his brother was killed, and um, this other guy reached out to him to try to make amends, and like he wasn't hearing it, and and the guys in our facility were like, yeah, I couldn't do that. That would, that's, you know. And so he just kind of went into it like, yeah, but the guy was persistent and he just kept reaching out to him. And these young guys were like, yeah, no, nah, man, bump that. You know, we're not going to. Yeah. We're, we wouldn't do that. And then they said, well, did you ever talk to him? And, and the guy goes, yeah. And he said, well, what did he say? He says, well, why don't you ask him? It was, oh, the, it was the guy sitting dang. next to him in the tent. The guys were just like. They were taken back by no, it, man. They it's a like, level of forgiveness that's just mind blowing. Yeah, they were just like, "What did just you ever happen?" Yeah, yeah. I sat with three mothers that um, their sons were all convicted, uh, were all murdered from um, like gang violence, and it was crazy. One of the mothers and the other mothers, one of the mother, her son was the one who actually committed murder, murder, and the other mother, her son was the one that was murdered. And they were like best friends. It was crazy. I sat with them. Yeah, it's deep. I, there were so many stories that came out of that program. But uh, that's a hard concept to get people to no, to buy know, into because it's so difficult. I told difficult. you I lost my cousin. Yeah. And and my aunt and uncle are like my my other parents. Um, and you know my my cousin was black. And, oh. and that's that thing. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There you go, that's that thing. Dante got all happy. That's a black moment brought to you by D Dante. Y'all know what's up. Maybe y'all Anyway, the, the point is, you know, I every every holiday, every birthday, every time my kids celebrate something, I watch my aunt and uncle they go through it. Like yeah. they're they're happy for me. Right. And they're happy for my kids. But they just, it, it's, it hurts sure. them that they don't get to celebrate that with their own son. Sure. Because he was lost. So um, this so. is one of the things that I, I talked to the guys about. I remember you had a conversation with one of our young men about uh, uh, his victim impact statement. Um, and 
<laughs> no, you ever no, no, you know when when, when you ever in. y'all ain't never seen a ghost. Like this is one of the first dudes when I met as a kid in New Delano, two thousand and eight. Well, let's get this on tape. Yeah, that's <laughs> If I believe so, is that correct? I was there. Yeah, 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 actually, yeah. Or TC over there. Actually, uh, when did we open up? We opened up New Delano in 2005. Yeah. And I was AR. Yeah, that's where we was at. Yeah. Remind me your name again? Well, you know, Young Buck. I was Buck. I was in the cell with Skimp from Two Peas. Ah. You was on the yard crew with him. Yeah, and KD from L. Yeah, me and Skip used to run around a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That's my handball partner. Yes, sir. Yeah. And you guys are like the only two people in the room that know what, what, what you guys are talking about right now. Oh, yeah, it's just the yeah. language. No, but it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> My name is Brian. Uh, Alan. Good to meet you, Alan. Nice to meet you. This is Dr. Rafael Ventura. Nice, nice to meet you. And uh, this is Buck right here. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was... But, um... No, we're in the process of talking about, like, just the state of the juvenile system. Um, you know, we were both impacted by it. I'm sure you were in some form. Uh, he definitely was. And now he's um, sharing his story how throughout becoming, like, a probation officer and, and getting promotions, he's now in a position to impact change inside of the juvenile system from where he's at now. So to some degree. To some degree. But, I mean, hey, anything is... Uh, I mean, definitely you, needed. He was given a position, like they they gave. No, he got tapped go, for it. Yeah, to I mean, go you're being like, and we appreciate ask, it. To yeah. go and ask the the guys locked up, what would you like? What well, what do you feel rehabilitation is? Or you know, and they they gave what they wanted. What was the top two again? So they asked all the kids that were Car- locked up, caring staff and safety. So they could have chose food, and their shoes, were food, shoes, like family visits, like additional phone calls. It was a wide range. Like it was designed to determine like where their priorities were at or whatever. You know, so yeah. like, you know, the awesome conversation. Then, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that makes sense too because um, I seen like a little short the other day where um, John Stewart was interviewing Gavin Newsom, and he highlighted the fact of the way, like the design, the facility was at. I don't, I don't know exactly what juvenile facility it was, but he said it looks like, um, like stifling or like he goes, this is intense right here like the walls and the locks and he goes this doesn't um there's no feeling of like no kind of comfort like you this is only safety from each other or from from one another but that was always on my mind since i heard that too i've always wanted to ask this question visually who designed a maximum security style adult prison to be placed inside of a juvenile hall Whose great idea was that? We definitely were in a different place at that time. Is Who designed it, what, that? It, I don't. I, what, do I look like the architect? I'm historian. Just, <laughs> I'm just. I'm just saying. Like, who designed that mother? Some. I, you know, I want to say some words. That, I've that never was, been in there before. Man, yeah, I've never been inside. That that was that was somebody was mad. Yeah, somebody had somebody was somebody's like I'm about to I'm about to put down on these dudes. But. I, I actually think the facility you're talking about is. A, is an attractive brick building that can really be, you really, I mean, it, my son goes to a private school and it's all brick, you know, he goes yeah. to Loyola High School. Right. All brick, yeah, it's, yeah. it's beautiful, yeah. old buildings, you know, like they, they, they could have done something. But it's, yeah, but you. Something just, like that. Something like that? Something like that. I mean, yeah, that, that sounds too nice. Put That's, a couple statues up and some plaques. That sounds, that sounds a couple way gardens. too nice. 
couple gardens. Sound like Hogwarts. That's a dream. Fountains with some koi fish or you know. Some. I mean, I don't I don't know. So how much has changed from the time that you started and the time now? Has it been a complete like turnaround? Can you say it was a home it's, run? It's a, it's a roller coaster. And then you know you have the critics out there that say, okay, although they may have passed laws and said these are still kids, there's a lot of people out there that are saying, look, if they did the crime, send them to prison. Do you believe there's still some people that, you know, that's... I'm going to say it's about timing. Right. You know, either some of our, our toughest cases. Right. You know, at some point in time, in fact, that one time I told you that those guys came in together, you know, talking about their experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, this one of our hardest cases actually broke down, walked away, had to go to his room for a little while, you know, was in his feelings about the whole thing. But, you know, you, you in the moment you could see, you know, he's not that he's not as hard as He's putting it out there, you know. He's putting it out there hard, but he's got he's got those feelings inside. Even, you know, the times with his kid, you know, he had a kid. He'd have kid visits or phone calls, and you know, around. If you kind of left him alone or acted like you weren't paying attention, he was a dad. You know, he was like talking, using the dad <laughs> voice. You know, hey, how you doing? You know, like this, and then. But as soon as he knew somebody was paying attention or was around, you know, he was, you know, talking, barking at his his baby mama, yeah. you know, talking to her different, you yeah, know, just, you know, it's it just different. So you, it, I, I think some people just need more time, you know, as a as a probation officer, you know, I, I hate to say it, I, I'm I'm content with giving people more time, but yeah. not not as a punitive measure but like it's punitive in my mind if I don't do shit for you hmm. if, if I'm not committed to doing what a probation officer's job is first then it's punitive and, and, and what, to, to give you a backstory yeah because I was going to ask on, what is, what, hi, what is history probation? of probation 101 you ready that what yeah, I was like, because I want to know what exactly is it. I said the history of probation 101. You already? I know the word probation. It's like a cool, uh, when you trace it back. So the, the very first probation officer was John Augustus. Right? He was actually a businessman, a shoemaker that was from Boston area that used to go to. You know this? Yeah. Was he connected to Webster at all? I don't know. Okay, but I have heard the story. Yeah, it's so he used to go into the the courts and try to get people out of jail or talk to the judges like, hey, you know what? I can help this guy and get him a job. I can get him sober. I can help him, you know, with some of his other problems. But we we don't want to put him in jail. Let's try to do something else with them. And so the he would go regularly as a businessman. He was basically Scott Budnick. Right. Right. You go in. Talk to the judge. The judges, I, the judge must have gave him like two thousand cases at over over a period of time, and then they made it a career. So, so this whole concept he of, made his of, own hustle. <laughs> the whole concept of of uh, what is it? Care first, jails last. 
this is not, this the, you know, this is not a new concept. That's the root of probation. That's what, that's what we're supposed to do first. The authority that, that, that came with a peace officer, authority that came afterwards, came afterwards. It's, so it's secondary, in my mind, to what a probation officer is supposed to do. What happened? Right? So again, like I go back to say, I'm not opposed yeah. to giving people time right. to get their shit together, right? But if I'm not doing 150% to try to get them whatever they need to not reoffend, to not uh, even go to jail in the first place, then I'm being just punitive. That's so true right there. And even when I look at time, like when I look at the, um, like the young Brian James, like there's no time. Like if I recognize myself in a kid, like there's zero time left because the next day might be over. You know, I made a decision that took me three seconds that cost me my entire life. It just took me three seconds to make that decision. And so I know that the path that these kids are on, like the dangerous ones, like the ones that are like really far gone, man, I, I wish there was, um, and only we can identify them. You can, your background, I definitely know you can. It's, it's, uh... But like he said, if you don't give 150, like if he thinks you're pulling back or not being fully committed, you're 100% it, right. But it hurt when you lose them though. Oh, it it's hurt. a painful, it's a heartbreaking work. Man, that, man. Yeah, it's a heartbreaking job. I had, had a dude like, man, I need, I need you to go check on my, my brother, man. You know, my brother went and got put on. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go over here. And I sit down and I talk to him. And I'm like, in front of his mom, family, all that. Like, look, little bro, you tripping. Like, that's out. Like, we can go down there right now and holler at the big homies. And you're going to get put off today. Like, I got to get put off? You got put on? You finna get put off? It's all right. You know, your, your peoples, we, we got your back. And he was like, I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go do it. And, you know, you got your family members that's already been through it. You got your dad that's been through it. So you have generation after generation that's like, look, stop following after us. And he agreed. Next day, they called me. He's back in the streets. Hmm. Two weeks later, he already in jail. So it's just, it's going. But it feels bad because it's like yeah, yeah. that first one, you like. So I can, I can understand that the, the time that you had to go through, like that first kid that you tried to save. And you was like, you know, fresh on the job. I got this. Like, after a while, yeah. I can see how some probation officers or staff may just, you know, you get numb to it after a while. You know, it, it calluses. You do to some, to some degree, but it's the same, like, for people that work in treatment, like substance abuse treatment, right, to watch people relapse. Right, it's the. Brian, it's you the, see it at the, at the no, end? it's heartbreaking. It's, it's, but it's heartbreaking. You, you can get kind of callous. After time, it's like, it's it's almost like, well, you go to the barber shop, you're gonna get a haircut. Yeah, you hear that? Yeah, in, definitely. In, in in substance abuse. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of haircuts. Circles, right. Yeah. So, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not a surprise when you know somebody going to the barber shop a lot. And at some point, you're gonna get a haircut. And when you know the nature of you know what they're up against, the yeah. disease and all that. So, right, when I worked in treatment. You know, I would say, I would work with guys and say, oh, you know, I did this, I'm hanging out. But I, they're just my friends. They've been friends with me for a long time, but I'm not, I'm, I'm going to stay sober. I'm going to, I got this. I'm going to my meetings. I'm, I'm, I'm going to my therapist. I'm I, getting my card signed. Uh, I'm doing all that. And then what happened to 
Those are, that's the famous what, last words. What, I got what, this. What happened, to, what, happened, what, what happened to Pablo? Yeah. Right. He said, I got this. The last yeah. I heard, he said, I got this. And we ain't seen him since. Yeah. Yeah. And then Max is off, off and running, you know, driving down Long, Long Beach Boulevard. And, and, uh, but if you lose <laughs> your <laughs> compassion. Yeah. Driving down Once, Long Beach Boulevard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once the compassion's gone, though, like, you need to get out of that, like, immediately. For me, where I work, and I work in treatment to see somebody come in at their lowest, um, whether it be struggling from crack, fentanyl, meth, like you name it. Like we see how hard it is like to see them just entirely beat down, fresh off the streets, been out there for years. And just a week of sleeping and eating like, dang, it's mind blowing. He seen one of the dudes that we were locked up with. Yeah. And this dude was completely, I'm talking about had the, he had the strongest push broom mustache you ever seen in your damn life. Addiction, like, addiction and, will attack. And like he's seen, yeah, and like he's seen him, he was like, man, you wouldn't even believe, oh boy, like this. This is somebody I used to use with, I used to use drugs with in prison. Buy, sell, get high together. And um, I got to be the example. Like that feels really good. You know, especially in the moments where the struggle's real, you know, starting your life at 45 years old from scratch, you know, those are the moments that just reminders you're on the right path, you know. But I think our experience is like what translates to the young guys, you know. And what a lot of people don't realize is, is how many of y'all are out there. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. It, it's, it's, and this is one of the things that uh, I would say 10 years ago, I started, you know, I was working for a different organization and I was working with um, a lot of liberated lifers, right? Coming okay. coming home. Yeah. You know, you guys that don't know how to use a cell phone or. Come on now. You know, they're asking for directions. Me, it was. <laughs> they're asking for directions to the app store. <laughs> did you do that? No. Also the same. At the place I was at, this guy did 35 years and he came out. His sister was on the phone. And you can hear she's laughing. He's like, what? She's like, call your mom. And he calls his mom, and, and they're all laughing at him. And he's like, man. And he asks us, like, where's the app store at? Like, wow. Oh, it was sad, but it was so funny. Yeah. I, I, I had an office in a, in a facility that had dudes coming out, like, in wheelchairs and walkers. Yeah. Like it, 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 was, it, it was crazy. But my point is, seeing all these folks come out and seeing them thrive, Right, the 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 recidivism rate on that population is so low. Right, right, and and so and then I there was all these networks of of college graduates and you know people doing businesses and and entrepreneurs and right. like it's a huge yeah it's a huge population of people. I got connected because I. Assisted, impacted. I get to qualify to be part of the formerly incarcerated college graduate network. Okay, that that's thousands, right? Thousands of people, and they're teaching at all these universities all over the country, right? Some of them are lawyers working for government, right? And so, so you, you missed a collaboration, huh? So <laughs> so yeah. so yeah. put it together. I, so I'm I'm trying to educate my peers to say. Like, there's a lot of folks that are, they're going to come out, they're going to do exceptionally well, and they're going to continue to change the system. There's no way to stop it. Yeah. These, these are the, the people that are resistant to change, right? There's no, this is not, uh, 
movement. I mean, it's not a, a, a wave. This is a tsunami movement, yeah. right, of, yeah. of system change that is not going to ever stop. It's just going to keep pushing. Yeah. Um, so get, trying to get people up on game right. on that has, has been hard because, you know, people are always going to think we need a system. You know, we need a system for, to, to lock away people to protect the public from, from the, the hardened criminals. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, to some degree, maybe, you know, I'm sure you could think of some people that, you know, you wouldn't want out here with you right now. You know, I wouldn't want to be my neighbor. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, for the most part, you know, everybody that I've met um, coming out of our systems has been doing amazing. Yeah, it's mind blowing. Like, amazing. Look look where I'm at right here, right now. Yeah, wow. 50 years. Of incarceration between us, one sentence each. You know that's crazy. And and this is not. I'm doing in New York. How much? Almost thirty. Thirty. Almost. So, so that's uh, like that's yeah. eighty years. Yeah, we're rounding up to a hundred. You know, eighty years. You had my nine months up on there, and you. So to tell you guys real quick, in New York, uh, August twenty seventh, I'm going to be doing a, a presentation with. Uh, some folks from ARC and the Dante's going to be there representing uh, the positive change mm-hmm. uh, program. But the, the whole topic of, of conversation is going to be around uh, building community inside and outside of our institutions. Damn, um, I love that concept. I, I, just, I just feel like if we don't build the community inside, then we can't have a strong community outside. You know that, you know you're you're following some of our guys as yeah. they leave, right? Um, yeah, there, man. Got my, my boy Tony going to college. Yeah, Tony Brown, man. Not so, sure if I can say that name. We might have to bleep that out. No, that's yeah. Yeah. We we, we got to do more than just give people pieces of paper with resources on it. Yeah, and and think they're gonna do all right. We gotta we gotta we gotta have an ease. Easy transition, right? Yeah, gotta gotta be coached. What was one of the hardest things you had going? From, like, well, still, like, what's what's the hardest thing? It's only been what, close to a year, a little over a year. Yeah. So, what's been like the hardest thing about transitioning? Because you don't imagine a grown man now, a child. I think it's like my stamina being out here. Like, I'm not used to the daily grind. Like, um, you know, waking up at four and then going, you know, barely getting home like at nine. Like, you know, our day consisted of waking up. Uh, getting in a good workout, a bird bath, make lunch, and you get to chill for the rest of the day and read a book. <laughs> like your responsibilities are complete for the day, you know? <laughs> but now it's no joke. And then you got the stress of the bills and like, dang, I don't know if it's a, di- it's definitely a different kind of stress. I don't know if it's worse. I don't know what. But um, a real life situation, um, I got to go to a training session for my work. Um, right now? Yeah, right mm-hmm. now. But, um, that's, Thank that's, you. Part, that's part of the struggle. Yeah. Right. Like, this is real. When we say <laughs> we got to do it, you know? He got to cut out. Yeah. But uh, I, we got a, a great man that's about to take my seat right now. Uh, his story is, uh, it's one that we talked about right now, straight success. So, uh, chiming on in. On the next one. Holla back, you, baby. <laughs> you said, oh, look. Look at Elliot Clay. You said clap for him. 
Clap for him. I'd like to thank Justin Bieber. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Yes, sir. Okay. Just let them know that they can keep an eye out for us in New York. All right. Yeah. So you, you give the, the spill on that. So the 20, I just I did it already. Oh, no. Nah. Yeah, you got it. I tried I, to get I, out of that so I, bad. I, August 27th, you're going to be, you're going to be right. uh, talking to uh, probation and parole officers from across the country. Yes, that's the first to, time for to, everything. To help put them up on game on why building community is important. Well, I would have never thought I was going to be able to do this. I would never thought I was going <laughs> to talk to the law and you know this but for um educate them yeah educate them for the for the purpose of change and to make lives better and to help people become rehabilitated especially the youth this is something i'll partake in and to collab on it's never been seen before the collaborations that we're doing especially with probation positive change heard studio here some of the guys are gonna be coming here to do some some understudy and stuff from a little spill you know you ready to teach i'd love to <laughs> Teaching is hard. I got major love for teachers now from, from working with the guys. I, I, I probably know one of them. I oh, yeah? I do. Well, I, let, let, let me put it this way. One of these guys hits me up the other day. Right. I said, hey, man, I, I really liked your, the, the video you put out. Right. And he said, oh, he goes, that was, like last, that was like last week or two weeks ago. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, really? He's like, yeah. He says, you know, I, I, got, a, I got a video content. Like all, every day, I, I, I video content. <laughs> I think I know you talk. And, and I'm, I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. He says, because you know, I might have a, a meeting to go to, or I might have to go to camp, or I may have to, <laughs> I may have to go to school. He says, but I gotta have to, I have, I have to have content to release every day. I know who so, you're talking about. That's, that's so, my boy right you know, there. That's that, my boy. That, that's, that's next level thinking right there. Like, you know, I, I sat down with him and he was talking <laughs> to me. Look, look, he called me. I'm driving. Before we go, before we go. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, hey, what's up, little bro? It's before he got out. I was like, man, get your cards. Get your cards. Get your social media thing set up and just start posting. Post so much that you become scarred in people's brains. No matter what. State your name. State what you're doing. You are your own commercial. You're walking, talking advertisement. He's like, all right. Then I seen the cards and I seen the posts. So he hit me up the other day. I'm like, what's going on? And this was a, a note. He's good at taking notes. He, 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 he receives it well. And I'm like, um, what type of training are you doing? It's like, I'm doing this training. I said, all right. How much are you charging? And he gives a price. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. I said, we, we don't do that. No. I said, man, you are an aspiring college student. You don't have what everybody else has. Demand your worth. You are a skilled person. You learned the actual skill. This is a specialty thing that you're providing to people. You know, and uh, I broke down the mathematics. How much is it to go get a, a, a Happy Meal? Now, add that to your phone bill. Now, add that with the price that it takes for you to have to get an Uber from here to there and then go to school. Now, add the price of a 42-pack, what's that, 32-pack of water. At the end of the day, if you spend that, what you're earning there is nothing. So I started giving them a game. Next time you go to somebody's house, look at their shoes. Mm. If they can afford to have $300 shoes on, they can afford to pay you for this specialty skill that you're coming to bring into their life because you're going to change their life. And he sat there, and ever since then, he's been, he's been a gator. He been eating it up. That's my boy right there. I'm proud of my students. For real. <laughs> They're my guys right there. They're my guys. Yeah, he's, making, he's making us all proud. For real. So everybody who's watching, this is Rafael Ventura. 
Follow him on Instagram, The Probation Doctor. Y'all gonna see us in New York. He came and sit down with us. Amazing things. This is changing the dynamic and the format of what rehabilitation is, especially for our kids, because they're all of ours at the end of the day, as we have an impact and they have an impact on us. So appreciate it. Holla back, baby.